Get ready to innovate and organize your workspace with Metro. As the industry leader in storage and distribution systems, Metro is here to transform and organize your kitchen. With their premium solutions, you'll experience the Metro difference. Metro's sturdy and versatile shelving units, workstations, holding cabinets, and utility carts are designed to streamline operations and maximize your productivity. Don't settle for imitators. Metro products last longer and offer unparalleled quality and durability. Plus, the many customization options ensure that your space is tailored to your unique needs. Hey, we use them here at Walk & Talk. Say goodbye to chaos and hello to order with Metro Shelving. Visit their website or contact them today to start designing your perfect space. Metro Shelving, your partner in organization and efficiency. Two, one. Hello, food fam. I'm Carl Fiadini, and this is the Walk and Talk podcast. We're, we are podcasting on site today at the Hotel Tampa Riverwalk. I want to do a big thanks to uh, the general manager, Juan Fernandez, and chef Jonathan Rodriguez for the green light to record on property. Great hotel. You got to come check it out. It's right on the water, downtown, bad ass. So today, our guest, that, that doesn't count, guys. Our guest on today's show is Chef Rennie Marquis. Uh, he's running for the ACF National President. We've got questions. He's got answers. Let's dig in. But first, attention, all chefs and food buyers. Are you looking to improve your proteins program with quality and serviced by the best in the beef business? Reach out to Peninsula Food Service. With 25 butchers on staff, their services will dazzle you and impress your dining guests. Peninsula is the largest Creekstone farm distributor in the southeast United States. Let the gang at Peninsula Food Service cut your beef burdens away. Ask about their dry age program. Look them up. PeninsulaFood.com All right, so, all right, let's welcome our uh, in-house culinary contributor to the program. Jefferson, Jefferson, <laughs> Chef Jeffrey Schlissel, welcome. Thank you. How you been? I've been awesome, dude. All right. I love it, man. Um, I know you're a longtime ACF cat yourself, right? Yep. Okay. Just we're behind, gonna, just behind him in yours. Heard that. And we're going to get into, uh, we're going to jump into the uh, the Q and A here in a sec. But before we do, um, did you cook anything like uh, super sexy this week? Yeah, actually, not barbecue. Believe it or not. I uh, love monkfish. There's something about monkfish that just okay. so yummy. I'm not mad at you for the barbecue. Yeah. What do you got? Uh, we did it. We did this one differently. I wanted a little bit more crunch, but I didn't want to use the flour, so I used potato starch. And then I did a little pesto rub on top of that, and then I did a little cauliflower. You're speaking too fast, man. Yeah, I always do. That's the thing we do. We, we, it's almost like line up, right, Chef? It's like we're sitting in a line describing what the special is. So you got to get, get it hyped up. Today's special. Yeah. <laughs> now get back to work. <laughs> right. But no, it's uh, it was. I used the beet tops and I braised them just like collards. So and again, utilizing the entire product, how to utilize it. I had that inside pureed purple cauliflower. Oh man! And then I did a butter kind of like splash, but a plant based butter, and with a little bit of thyme as I was cooking that. 
piece of fish. It was just gorgeous. I am digging that. That yeah. sounds terrific. Uh, I love right. it. Where's the uh Where's the uh, where's the sample, bro? Uh, in my belly. In your belly. Right. You didn't bring it. Can you, bring, no. can you imagine can you, this? It's eleven o'clock, man. You know what I'm What's saying? Going on? Like uh, he had me spoiled there for for a little bit every well, week. I, it was I, like, thought, I thought Jonathan would have food today. That's why I didn't bring any. Oh no, no. It's unfortunately it is what it is. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's let's get uh, Chef Rennie uh, in on all of this. So welcome to the program. Thank you. Uh, we've known each other for a little bit now. Yes, my second time doing something like this with you. Right? Yeah, that I was, remember uh, starting Walk and Talk. You were like, I think, you number two, three, something two. like that? Vanessa was three. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, he's been around since like the... Uh, Inception, right across the river. Three years. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we, we were over at... Um, American Club. American Social. American yeah, Social. that's right. Um, all right, so uh, first of all, congratulations for, for running. That's pretty cool that you're actually, <laughs> you know taking the time to do that before we jump into that you cook anything cool uh, recently um i actually cooked a lot of cool things recently is it sexy um, it is we we so we were part of this ryan wells thing and uh we have a menu coming up two months ago we did a hawaiian menu and uh this middle of this month we're doing another seven course latin menu so i've been doing some um processes of latin cuisine because my wife's latin Latina, and uh, we're going to have to uh, do some more R&D because we're making fresh tamales, um, but we're serving them tableside. Okay. Kind of like taking the husk off and putting the sauce on, something you don't traditionally see. So we're trying to bring that classic um, traditional tableside service with Latin cuisine. I'm digging so, that. Yeah, it's 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 very unique. And don't, people are going to be like... Don't forget what, my invite. I won't. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like It's yeah. right behind me on Bayshore Boulevard, okay. like on the corner of Pennsylvania and Bayshore. I mean, listen. Illinois and Bayshore. Final analysis, just send me the freaking invite. All right. Okay? All right. You don't want to be a tester? He's got our R&D. Yeah. It means they, you have Hello, tasters. invite. How, you know, let's get this moving. All right. So, ACF. You've been a member for quite a bit. How long? I've been a member for 30 years this year. That's uh, 30 years, man. That's a, And you've been in the kitchen how long? Um, 37 years. Wow. All right. Um, so do the math on that. Yeah, I was 13 when I started in a Chinese restaurant. Really? Yeah. I was working illegally in Lewiston, Maine at a Chinese restaurant. You know what? You did. I've heard this. <laughs> I'm <laughs> sorry. Yeah. <laughs> IRS can't come and get me now. No, it's not that. It's just. Oh, my mind went to somewhere funny. All right, sorry. Are we going to start counting? We're going to the clicker. Or were you going to just uh, don't no profanity? So no, tell you the story. Be, I don't want profanity. No, on there's not going to so, be no profanity. So here's a story. Guy from Maine, uh, growing up, went to uh, Catholic school, and then in high school, I was asked to go to public school because the hockey coach was the principal of the high school, and uh, I my mom couldn't afford tuition any longer. So I went to public school, and uh, all I did is played hockey. And in Maine, it snows for six months out of the year, so I was trying to stay warm. So I worked in a Chinese restaurant because there's warmth there, and there's also food there. And when you're burning 10,000 calories a day playing hockey in the morning and at night, this is what you do. So uh, I was never supposed to be a chef. I uh, (laughs) had a hockey scholarship to Boston College, and I went to a senior year culinary competition at the Balsams in Dixville, Notch, New Hampshire. I met three master chefs, um, Fritz Sonnerschmidt, Joey Mendola, and Anton Flory. They were the judges. 
I did this amazing uh, watermelon basket on this beautiful mirror that I had dusted with powdered sugar, and I had Parisian scoop melons and beautiful diced pineapple and blueberries cut in half with glaze. After the competition, we went to go get the results, and I looked at the table, and there was no medal, there was no ribbons. I'm like, what the hell? So I asked them. It's one. Um, I said, oh, no, that's, that's fine. That's okay. okay. You're, you're uh, so I asked the, everybody, I said, what's going on? How come this wasn't judged yet? How come I don't, you know, what's going on? So then the three judges came walking over, wobbling over, and uh, they were like, oh, man, this is great. And they told me all the things I should do to make it better and things I should do to make it you know, more appealing. And I'm like, dude, I spent eight hours on this watermelon basket and traveled for two and a half hours in the car with it in my lap like a little baby. And uh, he gave me a card and said, you should come to my culinary school. I'm like, this guy's got his own culinary school. And then I got back home and I said, CIA, you know, I just started doing some homework and found out it was a culinary school of America. And boom, I was off two months later. There was a three-year waiting list to get into that school. And I got in um, in June, right after graduating high school. And the rest is history. I was supposed to show up to a hockey training camp the first uh, week of August and Coach called my mom up and said, where's your son? So he's at culinary school in New York, and that didn't go over very well. I mean, that's a that's a, that's a a hard call. Yeah, uh, it, but it was where my passion was. Like I said, I started at 13, worked in Chinese restaurants, worked at a Friday's Fish, not TGI Fries, but Friday's Fish, New England concept. Then I worked at a Ground Round, and then went back to the Chinese restaurant. And then once I graduated from the CIA, I actually was a member of the CIA and the student chapter president of the chapter at the CIA. And uh, after that, I went to the Broadmoor, mm-hmm. got recruited out of the Broadmoor to work for uh, general, um, came back to me. I joined the army, which was unheard of. The army gave me a lot of money to pay off my student loans and give me a bonus. Um, my first job was right behind me at McDill Air Force Base in South Tampa. Um, 21 years, seven months, 13 days, and 12 hours later, I retired from the army and then, but uh, who's counting? I was. <laughs> Believe me. What you don't see out there, folks, he's got a. He, there's a, a, a digital ticker uh, that he can he can just <laughs> yeah. at any time look how at many, it. How many days to like St. Patty's many, Day? But his is how many days after retirement? <laughs> how many minutes <laughs> right. to retirement? Yeah, Chef. What inspired you? Um, what was your inspiration to actually you know throw your hat in the ring uh, on this go around for national ACF president? Um. So I really was actually, I nominated somebody else to be the national president, and they chose not to run for national president, and that kind of hit home for me. And I said, you know, we, we are an organization that is supposed to be run by the members, for the members. And currently, that's not the situation. Um, you know, we, we um, had some debt. We paid off our debt, sold our building, and now we're renting a building. And uh, we're not gaining ground. We're not um, growing. We're not doing all the things that our 501c3 organization can do. And uh, I, I truly believe that uh, all my years of uh, leadership and all my years of experience, especially here in the Tampa Bay chapter, um, we are growing. We are kicking butt and taking names and people that we can affect um, through our endeavors and through our volunteering and our partnerships. To include the state fair, the Shendrotissers, you know, the Young Chefs competition. It's just, we're just giving back. Well, so, and actually that leads, that's a great segue into the next question, which is, you know, where do you see the ACF? How do you see them, um, what, their, what the ACF's role would be 
in, you know, charities that have to do with, let's say, uh, you know, mental health awareness, substance abuse within the industry itself. As you know, that's a, it's a, it's a, it's a rampant thing and one that's special to me. But how do you, uh, where do you see the ACF with that? Uh, we're not doing as much as we can. Uh, I can tell you that uh, being a retired soldier um, and seeing the PTSD and the mental problems that soldiers that come back from the war or came back from the war has had an effect, it's the same in the kitchen. I mean, people people can't emulate that. It's something you can't make up. Until you hear a story or until it affects someone that you care for or someone you love, most people don't even pay attention to it. Correct. Um, but I'll tell you, here in Tampa Bay, we uh, we adopted this veterans home, and these are all four branches of service. These are all guys who are on their way to getting disability. They're on their way to getting help for all of their situations. Some have some real stability issues. Some have some real medical concerns. But I think that anytime you can help someone that's outside of your household, you're doing the right thing. Well, I th- so. Yes. And when it comes to uh, veterans, when it, so for me, veterans, children and folks who are um, affected by, like I said before, uh, substance abuse, mental health uh, challenges, you know, with the sh- we here at the show, Walk and Talk, we want to be a part of wherever we can fit in to help, you know, um, um, promote uh, the, those those challenges and 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 maybe direct people to where they have to go, whatever we should talk about that as a group here at some point and, and see where the ACF and, you know, other media outlets like myself and others where we can actually make a difference and do some stuff like boots on the ground, making it happen, not, not talking and, and whatever. But, um, so ACF, you, uh, one of the, one of the main, um, uh, what you need to do when you're part of the ACF is bring in new membership, correct? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's important. It's just like the three master chefs that, you know, Joe was a master pastry chef, and Anton and, and Fritz were part of the original master chef program, and uh, they brought me in um, from a competition when I was in high school. Um, I joined the I joined the ACF through the Mid Mid Hudson Culinary Chapter, which at that time was the most powerful, influential chapter in the whole United States because it had predominantly all a majority of the master chefs plus any students from the CIA that wanted to become a part of that organization. And, you know, that school didn't have what some schools have now. Some schools you become a member just through the accreditation program. Like when you sign up and and you pay your tuition, you automatically become a member. And if you complete that program, you automatically get a certification. I mean, how many members have you actually brought on into the into the uh, organization itself? Well, I have I have physical paper documentation over twelve hundred members that I brought into the ACF uh, because when I was an uh, instructor at Fort Lee, every month for three years I brought in twelve members. And when we started talking about the members I brought in when I was in Hawaii, the members I brought in Virginia, the members I brought in in my last ten years of leadership here in Tampa, the, the problem is is how many you bring in. The problem is how many of you get to keep. And and this is what the ACF is failing to realize. You can have all of these student members, but if there's nothing to retain them when they graduate from that culinary program, you just basically got two years of money for free and no return on investment. We'll take the money. Don't get me wrong. But you've got to have something that's going to entice those students to become members and to be part of their local organization and be a task force for this mental health or the 
the um, you know the orphanage that we have taken a part of in 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 your neighborhood in, over there in Brandon. Yeah. But um, those are the things that count. You know, leadership isn't measured on things you say you're going to do. Leadership is measured on the things that you accomplish and get done, whether they're positive or negative. Leadership is measured on what you accomplish and what you can you can get done. Don't sure, talk about it. Do it. Well, yeah, sure. I mean, you're you're you know whatever your record is of actions, that's what people should go off of in 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 any facet of anything. I mean, it's you know talking talking doesn't get you anywhere, right? It it is really what you um really what you um that's, that's why we have the so old uh, sayings. Yeah, actions speak louder than words. Correct. Um. All right. So let let. So we have all these different um, culture in, in today's world. We have all these different cultures, and there's there's a lot of movement into the states, and there's a lot of activity, right? Um, and there's a lot of growth. How is the ACF positioning and its positioning itself to interact with all of that new momentum that's coming into our line of work into culinary at large? Is there a, is there anything to that? I, I think the opposite. I I think we've gone backwards. Um, we lost a million dollars a year accreditation program from the Army because someone didn't want to dot the I's and cross the T's and do the paperwork. You know, my thought process was, why are we going to lose a million dollars that the Army's going to write a check every year to put soldiers in an accreditation program? We used to have cruise ships. Have you ever been on a cruise ship and been in the galley? Actually, yes. Well, there's not very many Americans in that capacity. They're no. all from other countries around the world. Correct. Um, and in the Army, we call those TCN, third country nationals. It's just an acronym we use because downrange or in Afghanistan, the people who run those dining facilities are all third country nationals. They hire them as a contract and they bring them in. But we lost all that. Question is, how do we get that back? How did how did we lose? What is how did we lose that? What was the? Um, there's been, I mean, obviously, cost is the number one issue for. I mean. Rural Caribbean, for example, that I used to do every month, I used to go to Fort Lauderdale um, or even here out of Tampa and do certifications on the cruise ships. But uh, they now do their own in-house training and certifications because why should they pay someone else on the outside? And think about it. I mean, certification for some people is a piece of paper that they put on the wall. Um, they're not putting that piece of paper on their wall in their 20-foot space of living quarters on a, on a cruise ship. So... Um, I think that, you know, soldiers are the same way. You know, soldiers at Fort Bragg and, and the Army Culinary Arts Competition is going on at Fort Lee right now. A lot of those soldiers would love to be members if they knew about the ACF and they knew what the benefits were. And, and you know, there's a, there's, a, there's a false pretense out there. And people think that, you know, just because you're joining the ACF, you're going to get something out of it. Uh, this is a program that if you don't apply yourself and you don't put into it, you're not going to get anything out of it. Um, and, and our senior chefs are the ones that can assist with this. You know, I, I talked about, and we have here in Tampa Bay, our seniors are mentors to some of the high school kids and some of our, you know, we, we have a, our, our senior chefs, Vince Blancato runs our chef and child program. And he's out there right now at a school today doing some harvesting of some vegetables that he literally planted from seed. And the kids get to see this grow. You know, he got he got he got discouraged during COVID because all that went away. But we're back in that program. You know, we just had the Collard Green Festival two weeks ago. Um, that festival started with like ten tents and a reggae band. 
Now it's three streets and thousands of people lined up. But we've been part of that since day one. You got to go out there and do the work. You got to go out there and expose yourself. You know, going out there to make. I got in trouble for that one. Well, that's fine. <laughs> okay, that's number two. Uh, you know, who who think about a collard green smoothie? Check this out. We freeze bananas. We freeze grapes. We got fresh collard greens that have been washed thoroughly, and apple juice. Put all that in a Vitamix. It's amazing. The the frozen grapes and the frozen bananas act as the vessel of ice. It's hot out there. It's eighty three degrees so that Saturday um, two weeks ago in Tampa, and it just. You know, we're getting out there and we're meeting and greeting people and talking to them. We got our banner. We got our logo. We we get, we gather a couple members from that, but it's really about the exposure and going out there and doing the work. What does it mean for the ACF uh, now that uh, AMCO has displaced itself from the ACF uh, certifications? What, what, why is that? What is that all about? Yeah. So, and, and explain the acronym and everything as well. So AMCO is the American Master Chef's Order, and uh, they're the forefathers of our ACF. These the, the, the are the guys who were the leaders of our organization many years back. And I can tell you that um, right now there's a, there's a huge problem that, that needs to be addressed. There hasn't been any formal um, letter come out from the organization, but a lot of people are up in arms. So from what I gathered, from what I read, from what I've been told and what I see, there was a master chef, master pastry chef exam given. Nobody knew about it. Nobody was told about it. Very small group of people who did this behind the scenes. And it was called a beta test. I don't understand how they can call it a beta test. A beta test, by definition, is a test that's done for research and development and for productivity. There's no, there's no end result on a beta test. Like you can't, you can't get your doctorate by taking a beta test. And meanwhile, uh, an exam was given from an eight day exam down to three days. And people texted about it and people tweeted about it and people made, there was a video made about it that surfaced on YouTube and that's been taken down now. It's just been like a whole big secret society. And basically the, um, no, so the, the way that our board, the way that our, our documents are written is that you have to have at any level of certification, you have to have someone at that level doing the certification process. I mean, it's written. You can't, you can't unwrite it. Um, so basically we had a master pastry chef exam with no master pastry chefs or no master chefs involved. And you just can't do that. That's like having um, someone take a, final exam for their doctorate and you've got a associate professor from a community college administering it. Now is this, but is this all factual stuff or hearsay or what? I mean, well, like I said, it's, it's written in the bylaws. I mean, you can't unchange what's written. So I, I, I wasn't involved with it and nor would I've been involved with something like that. Cause I use the analogy that if someone called me up and said, Hey chef, I know you want your master's degree. Um, we can do a three day program and I can help you get your master's degree next weekend. Are you in? I'd be like, no, I'm not in. That doesn't even sound real. Um, so basically now, I mean, obviously it has to be factual if the American Master Chefs Order has taken action and separated themselves from the ACF certification process. That's a big deal. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, um, for every action, there's a reaction. If I blow up someone's car in front of the hotel here, someone's probably going to be looking for me. Uh, True story. Yeah. So again, this is we. These are things that are these are things that in a, I feel that are leadership failures because um, 
Why would why was this allowed to happen? Why would we even why would we even light the car on fire to see if it was going to burn? Who's who's thought process was that and that's and that's what i said you know someone has to come out from the acf and own it take responsibility for it and try to explain it um and hopefully we can get these master chefs back on our side yeah i mean with an explanation conceivably there could be a, a good reason behind it but if it wasn't brought up or spoken about no one would know and and that creates and that's where you probably create division amongst the the, the membership correct yeah, I mean, there's a lot of membership that have been speaking out. There's a lot of people who have posted on the chef's table. There's a lot of people who have made videos. Uh, Fernie Metz has made a video that's on Facebook, LinkedIn. It's on Instagram. I mean, it's all over the place. And uh, he, his basically, his solution to this problem is somebody's got to be held accountable. And this was a debacle that could have been avoided. And again, I, I, do, I don't, I don't uh, condemn it. I just think that um, part of this process should have included the membership part of this process should have included the board of governors part of this. I mean, it wasn't announced that there was a test coming. We found out after the fact there was a test and truly it was labeled as a beta test. I, I will tell everyone who sees this podcast, Google or Wikipedia, what a beta test is. And you will see there's no infinite results from a beta test. Copy that. So over the past couple of decades, um, we've seen a, remarkable rise of uh, females in the executive chef role and just filling the kitchens. Um, what's the best way for the ACF to, to foster that very thing? And I, you know, me coming from the distribution side and been dealing with chefs for the past 25 years, I've seen that myself. And it's amazing because it's something that you, it was so taboo just 20 something years ago. Um, it's crazy to think, even think that, but, um, what, where do you, where do you see, um, where do you see the ACF, uh, you know, helping to, uh, promote? Experience the perfect blend of culinary delights, entertainment, and education on the number one food podcast in the country. Walk and talk podcast. Join host Carl Fiadini and the amazing chef, Jeffrey Schlissel. Feed your appetite. Find this podcast on Apple and Spotify. Uh, That's a great question. This is kind of exciting for me uh, because my wife is an executive chef. My wife works for a company that has over 400 uh, restaurants. Um, To me... Um, I'll be quite honest with you, and I think it's because of my leadership style that I gained from the Army. Um, <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's a boy, a girl. It matters that you have a body. And we used to sound off with our, you know, first initial of our last name. So I was M3922. So it was my middle, first initial of my last name and 3922, and that was the last of my Social Security number. We are just numbers. Uh, at the end of the day, I look at it the same way. I think everybody, and I and, and I know that the watching the Food Network, watching um, a show that I was watching last night, there's more and more females in this industry, and to me, that's phenomenal. That's great. Uh, it does to, again. It, it doesn't matter to me if it's a male or a female. I mean, I I went to a famous restaurant here in Tampa called Burns, and predominantly their staff is all male. And then when you start to go in the kitchen, 
starting to see more females in the kitchen. And uh, I just think that, you know, the legacy lives on. Um, but to me, it doesn't matter what, what the race is, what the nationality is. Uh, the Army has taught me that. Uh, and, and so I'll put this into perspective. Uh, the Army's made most of the soldiers who became leaders and were promotable colorblind. And um, the way that I see that is, again, it doesn't matter to me. It's a body. I don't. If we're deploying and we need 60 cooks, I don't care. Give me 60 cooks. Give me the ones that are volunteered or the ones that are voluntold. It's merit driven. We're really. going. Yeah. We're going. We're going to make it happen. So, uh, again, for me, that is, uh, I, I think it's phenomenal. I, I know I've mentored and I've actually helped a lot of females who are educators to get certification. Uh, a lot of people in the Army who have come up. And that's the thing that kills me is that so many cooks in the Army could gain from being an ACF member. Because you can get the certification, you can get the education, you can get the mentorship. Why aren't we, but so why aren't, well, side question, side note is, I mean, look at all the the vets who are homeless. I mean, why aren't we, why aren't we not like picking them up in droves and getting them in, getting, getting them working, you know, and then obviously through the, you know. So we actually are, um, give a shout out to Metropolitan Ministries. We actually have, great, man. we actually have two great. ACF members. One of them's on our board here in Tampa. And they have a program that my wife created 12 years ago called Inside the Box. And basically what they do is they take aged out foster children and people who are on their last chance and their last luck. Um, they've cashed in all their chips and they're teaching them that culinary skill. And um, right down the street here, there's a restaurant. Mise en Place has got one of the graduates. Sure, working. with Marty. Yeah. If you go a little further down the street, there's another restaurant that serves white truffle popcorn. Food lab. Oh yeah, sure, sure. Uh huh. They got another one of Vanessa's graduates. She's been there for eleven years. So there is programs out there doing that. There just needs to be more. I mean, every every chapter in the ACF should have these special arms that are stuck out doing what we're doing here in but, Tampa. But do they not? No, There's, absolutely not. Palm Beach did definitely. We had a, the Lord's Place. So, but so basically, what you're saying is. It, how, would 100 and, uh, how many? 156. 156 I, chapters. I believe the numbers yeah. today. So out of yeah. 150. So if you're saying out of 156 chapters, 30 have these programs, and the rest. Uh, I mean, I'm speculating. I'm just saying. I mean that that is definitely something that should be addressed from from a national level in terms of pushing a uh, a, a specific you know task driven. No, well, we were on we were on a task force for uh, chapters helping chapters, and that was that's be a great segue in for it. Uh, come convention and find out what what everybody's doing out there that to help vets and help the homeless and the second chances type of thing. We're actually getting ready to do something here in Tampa. I'm oh, sorry, my my voice just came in and out, so oh. I was wondering what would happen. I thought he was playing with the which we call it. No, we John actually does that once in a while. We actually have a, a plan. Um, so we have a chef and child arm right now in the ECF. We already have a veteran arm. We already have the, the homeless tr- arm. And we have the orphanage in, in, in Brandon. We, we are actually adding more people to our board so that they can be the representatives and be the subject matter expert of those things. So if we model this, just like we're modeling a food truck for Smithfield, Smithfield is an amazing sponsor, an amazing company of the ECF, and they have one food truck. Uh, you can't have that food truck all over. So right now I am working with Smithfield, and we have a food truck that's going to do five events in the Tampa Bay, Orlando area in the next couple of months. And then once we once we get this down and it works, then there's 12 other cities that are going to have this Smithfield food truck uh, venue out there. So it's a really cool thing that's, that's getting ready to happen. 
But the bottom line is this. Well, like Jeffrey said, I mean, Fort Lauderdale used to do it. Orlando probably does it. But all those other chapters. There's no concerted effort. There's no leadership from the top to direct it. If the ACF organization from the national level, so let me back up. There's no, there's no direction given from the leadership. You have to run the ACF. <laughs> My bad. Two. You have to run <laughs> the ACF like a business. Our chapter runs like a business. We don't spend more than we make. We take in money. And then we give out money when we can. Can the national level mandate to the city chapters to do such a thing? They Is can't it, mandate, but they can surely suggest. They can strongly, Leverage. strongly yeah. suggest and put incentives like, hey, like right now there's a thing going on that is a membership drive. Whoever gets the most members between now and $250 grant, right? No, the grant is for the chef and child. Child, okay. There was another one for the win for yeah, whatever you get for the something, month of February. You, you win something, yeah. I think, at the end of March, they pull... Yeah, your data. The end of January to the end of March, they pull your data, how many people increased in your membership. We've already grown in two months, 30 people. Um, but it's not about that for me. We, we've always done that. We're not changing what we do to meet someone else's needs. We're leading from the front, and we are showing everybody. We post it on social media. We put it on Facebook. We put it on Instagram. We put it on Twitter. It's out there. We're not hiding it. We're showing it off. So as a, uh, as a reminder to everyone listening to this podcast right now, we are actually recording in a, uh, in a hotel. We go on site always. And so you do get the character and the sounds of where we are. So just wanted to put that out there. Um, Rennie, chef. Uh, so let's talk about, um, let's talk about secrets, the uh, CMPC exams and no CMCs. Uh, talk to me about that. Well, we already did a little bit. And, right. Uh, let's, let's, let's finish that. Right. Okay. So I want to put it to bed. Bottom line is this. If the CMCs and the CMPCs are the authority of the exam, even though the ACF holds the trademark, you have to invite them to be a part of the process. Again, unless you're going to change the documents, the documents say to certify at that level, you have to have someone at that level being there. Um, and again, it's about integrity. Um, there's so much history with the master chefs and the culinary teams and the way that the ACF came about and all of these culinary schools, whether it be the Johnson Wales or the CIAs or the Cordon Blues. You know, even even in Atlanta, we've got a master chef who's who's running an amazing program. You've got to understand, you can't take away that these guys and girls have become the subject matter experts in our craft and they've passed what used to be a 10 day exam, then configured down to an eight day exam. And then boom, we're going to give a secret beta exam for three days and someone's going to get a certification out of it. Come on. Attention chefs and food buyers. Are you looking to improve your proteins program with quality and service by the best in the beef business? Reach out to Peninsula Food Service. With 25 butchers on staff, their services will dazzle you and impress your dining guests. Peninsula is the largest Creekstone farm distributor in the Southeast United States. Let the gang at Peninsula Food Service cut your beef burdens away and ask about their dry-aged program. Look them up at PeninsulaFood.com. 
Fair enough. All right. So speaking of culinary programs, there's, you know, at post COVID we're at, you know, we're basically coming out of COVID and we're into COVID. this. What's that? What is that? We're, uh, we're, we're, we're coming into this, um, this, this new era of, uh, or error, I should say, this, this whole inflationary, like, debacle that we're in where, you know, it, it's affecting everybody. Um, schools are shutting, right? Um, call it, uh, culinary schools are, are disappearing. Well, they were disappearing because of the tax write-off that they were able to have. And then once that went away, most of them didn't have financial stability. Right. And they just disappeared. COVID added to it. Right. But, yeah, I, I, the student is, is a huge opportunity. So with that said, how, how are we going to get educators? How do we encourage uh, educators to, um, to participate with the ACF and, you know, bring the kids back into the fold and, and kind of go with that? I don't have the answer to that question, but I will give you a little history. 12 years ago when I came back to Florida, I'm sorry, 15 years ago when I came back to Florida, um, to be my last stop at McDill Air Force Base. So I started in my career at McDill Air Force Base. In the Orlando competition, there used to be 12 student teams competing to get the opportunity to represent the state of Florida at the regional and national level. If you had that competition today, you may get one, maybe two schools, and I can name those schools. So I don't want to blame covid I don't have the answer, but I can tell you my own personal opinions. I think that, you know, we, COVID made a huge impact on culinary schools closing, but like Jeffrey said, they were closing before that. I mean, we used to have Cordon Blues all over the nation. We used to have Johnson Wales all over the nation. The only school that's grown is the CIA. Now they got seven campuses, six campuses. They got Hyde Park, the original. They got San Antonio. They got Greystone in California. They got China. They got Japan, the Singapore. I mean, it, it um, they obviously are doing something right. And uh, I see the art institutes closing. I see that um, a lot of the Johnson and Wales. Well, Johnson and Wales is another one. There's, I think three campuses left. I have no idea. And I graduated there's, from there. I know there's Charlotte, I Charlotte, there's, Rhode Island and Denver. Did, did Charleston close the South Carolina? It did. All right. So then they closed Miami and they also closed um, Charlotte. Then. Side or, note. I was born. So was in I. Miami. So you were born or you were conceived? That's a no, big I was difference. I was born in the North Miami General Hospital that became you as well, huh? I was the first <laughs> graduate that was actually born at that hospital when I walked across stage. No kidding. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Yep. I think I was born in the pastry side, wherever that was, because <laughs> I'm kind of a like know. an eclair or <laughs> something like that. I mean, you can say more like a profiterol. Something. <laughs> or for him, it's a cannoli. All right. It's a cannoli over here. So, uh, all right. So in terms of, um, so promoting education, ACF, we're, we're, how does, what's the final on this? Or is there a way that we can? Oh, there's a way. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you a big piece that we're targeting now that the ACF is asleep on. Uh, we, we don't have any restaurant chefs. We have very few uh, celebrity chefs. We always honor these celebrity chefs. But what the hell does a celebrity chef want from the ACF? That was three. Um, what what does the what does the celebrity chef have? To, what does a James Beard chef want to do with the ACF? What does the chef of this hotel want to do with the ACF? We don't have anything enticing for those people. Why not? So what do you suggest? I suggest that um, what we're doing right now is we have a task force. We got four chefs who are industry corporate chefs who are reaching out to these chefs to um, either email them, call them, text them, go to their place of work, and say, "Hey, invite them to a meeting. Come see our organization." You're looking for cooks? 
We got a lot of cooks that come to our meetings. You look in the out. You want to pay um, someone for a sous chef position? Come and steal a sous chef. From I mean, another. so basically, it's incentivize some of these big name people to go out there and and bring you know land uh, potential um, uh, memberships and uh, whatnot back into the ACF. Correct, and and I'll mm-hmm. use this. So I'm getting ready to go to a food show in um, April, mm-hmm. the Dot Show. Um, uh. It's in St. Louis. And you know who the two guest speakers are? It's a big show. Alton Brown and Jet Tilla. You know who those guys mean to me? I was on Alton Brown's Cutthroat Kitchen Season 1, Episode 7. Oh, I was going to ask you about And Jet Tilla, it. Jet Tilla was the judge. So when I go there, I am going to have the time of my life because we're going to laugh and we're going to laugh. Because I was, I was the actual second show of Cutthroat that they filmed. I think you had hair back then, right? <laughs> I had hair and I had a... Half of my figure that I yeah, have now. The figure. But I'm still in shape. Round is a fucking shape. Oh, four. Four. Damn, I said that. Five. I love it. So finally, finally, somebody has it's eclipsed me. Finally. No, no, no. You're still at 50. Sorry, Mom. <laughs> I love it. Listen, it's okay. All right, oh, so, God. I love this face. I hope you got that. Damn, I'm starting to sweat. He is. <laughs> we need a close-up here. Bacon cartels coming out. <laughs> <laughs> it smells like bacon. I love it. All right. My shoes. All right, all right, all right. Let's re- reeling it back in. Um, all right, let's talk about uh, all right, benefits and paid sponsorships. And uh, should the national board receive such things? Um, so I'm going to tell you the, the benefits of being an ACF member, in my opinion, is the certification, the mentorship, the education, the leadership, and the networking. Those are the five selling pieces. I will tell you that... Um, Anybody who volunteers for an organization, I don't care if it's your church. I don't care if it's the ACF. I don't care if it's the boys basketball team uh, that's a travel team. When you give your time, you should get something in return. Um, Do I think you need a free ride? No. Um, But at the same time, you have to understand, until two years ago, when I insisted on a bylaw change, um, these the requirements to be the ACF president said you had to serve on the national board before you could become president. And I was like, wait a minute. So I can run for president of the United States, but I can't run for president of the ACF because the documents say you have to run, on, you have to be part of the board first. Uh-uh, fix that. Um, coincidentally, two years later, I'm running for that spot. You, you, you have to understand that there's a lot of benefits of being in the ACF, but when you're stealing or you're taking money or you're mismanaging money at the national office, I mean, we, we have 23-something civilians working there, 23 people who are not chefs, 23 people who are not members. I go to conferences and I drink the sponsored coffee. I see the staff drinking Starbucks. Who's paying for that? Uh, again, you got to run it like a business. We're losing members. We still have the same amount of people on staff. Our turnover rate is <laughs> turnover rate's crazy. You go to the website today, you're going to see new names you never even heard of. I'm like... 30 years I've been a member of this. This is three or four, it's three or four employees that got any tenure that have been there for a long time. And uh, I think, you know, leadership starts from the top to answer your question. Um, do they need a freeway? No. Um, do they spend money frivolously and um, unconditional? Absolutely. And it needs to stop. You mentioned moments ago, you mentioned um, tenure and, you know, how long somebody's been uh, working within the organization. How do you feel about limitations, uh, term limitations um, on national positions? So that's a great question. But I will tell you again, it's documented. There's a thing called bylaws. 
bylaws tell you, um, in our chapter, follows the same bylaws, you only can run for two years, two terms of one position. So, for example, I was the vice president of Tampa Bay for two years. I did it for another two years. I then became president of the ACF Tampa Bay, and then I became president again for two more years. So two two consecutive terms is what you're allowed to run. And that's in any position in any chapter or the national office. So there's already term limits there. The problem is, and why we're suffering today, is because of the fact that that previous bylaw was in there where it said you had to serve as secretary or treasurer or regional vice president or the chair of the American Academy of Chefs to run for president. So what we did is we put seven people in this big circle and we kept washing them around. So you didn't get no new ideas. You didn't get no new leadership. You didn't get any, 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 any bright, you know, contributions. And in any organization that can create a stagnant or or even a cabal of sorts, like, Mm -hmm. you know, at at that point it's, it's whatever's in, whatever's in that container is what's, you know. All right. So I got an analogy. Can I give you an analogy? Uh, Sure. So it's kind of offbeat, but what's that company that guy runs uh, where he fired like half the people? Um, Come on, help me out. Twitter? Mm -hmm. What's his name? (laughs) Elon. Oh, Elon. Elon, That guy. Right. So is it possible that he fired that many people and your Twitter account still works fine? Are you missing anything from Twitter? Like, did you not get that buy one, get one free Big Mac from McDonald's? I got that. Okay, well, that's my point. I use them constantly. So if, if he walks into the organization and sees there's problems, as a leader, he took responsibility and made some actions. For those actions, there's a reaction. I, I have Twitter, um, but I didn't see anything different on my account. So whatever he's doing with half the staff, good on him. Last question. Talk about students and voting rights, advantages versus disadvantages. Uh, this became a conversation at our convention this past year. And um, I will tell you that uh, it, you, you have to understand the organization. When I joined the ACF, 30 years ago, I didn't even know I got a vote. There's no sign. There's no brochure. Man, this stack of some plates up in here. Uh, <laughs> We're live. We're live. Let's get ready for lunch. Coming up next. Right. Um, so when I joined the ACF, I didn't even know I got a vote. There's no flyer. There's no banner. There's no thing that says, hey, students, your school's paying for your, for your membership. Oh, and by the way, don't forget to get your vote. Um, and, and there's a problem with that. Um, you familiar with Timeshare? Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm a Timeshare salesman over here at the uh, Riverwalk Hotel. And we're in the bar and I'm selling you Timeshare. Um, I'm going to sell you some Timeshare for one week. You pay your $240 for that week of Timeshare. Jeffrey, here's a student. I'm going to give him the same week of Timeshare on the same property, the same season, the same everything. Everything's the same. But he's going to pay 70 bucks for it. You son of a Is that fair? Walk and Talk Podcast, now sweetened by Noble Citrus. Bite into a juicy crunch tangerine. 40 years perfected. Seedless and oh so tasty. Or savor a starburst pomelo. The giant citrus with a unique zing. Don't miss autumn honey tangerines. Big and easy to peel. Noble generations of citrus expertise delivering exceptional flavor year-round taste the difference with noble citrus
Well, I can see where that the I can see where that wouldn't be fair. Okay. Is there another side to this as well, though? There is. There is because we're going to go to the Grateful Dead concert. You just bought tickets on StubHub for five hundred bucks, and Jeffrey's a student. I gave him tickets for twenty five bucks each. Is that fair? You got to pay to play. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's all in who you so, know. Right? So, so let me ask you this. Every chef who's certified, every chef who's a mentor, every chef who's an educator gets asked to be on advisory boards. I have yet to see an advisory board to ask a student who just joined the ACF last month to be on an advisory board. Why? Because, first of all, they don't know anything about the organization. Second of all, they don't even know what the website is. Mm. Third of all, they've been in the industry for a year. Let's say they're almost getting ready to graduate. They've been in the industry two years. What are they bringing to the table? They're still learning how to make eclairs and profiteroles. Mm. Words, well, <laughs> I mean, again, if the, if the student already knows how to make pasta, they're not going to culinary school to learn how to make pasta. Mama Mia taught them. You know, they make sauce on Sunday, whatever. It's all good. But you have to understand, people join the ACF. shots fired I on that one, guys. I just want to clarify something. <laughs> I want to e-clarify something. E-clar. Um, so exactly sauce Sunday sauce. Man. You said Sunday sauce, but some people call it Sunday gravy. They're wrong. Okay. I'm just saying. Just, you had that bottle at Publix. No, 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 no. That's no, because no. it's a bottle at Publix. What do I they wasn't, know? I wasn't talking about the stuff that goes with pasta. I was talking about the sauce the stuff to be <laughs> drinking. Oh yeah, well, that, that's <laughs> sauce stuff. I like to get on the sauce too. That's okay. snickered. Where is so so Where back, is snickered? back to the question. <laughs> All right. Um, why would we give students a full vote if they pay one third of the cost? Obviously, financially, that doesn't make sense. Two, why would we give students the power of the vote if they have nothing vested in the organization? They haven't paid money. The school paid the money. It's not like they paid out of their pocket. So we're going to give them a full vote to a guy who's been in the ACF for 30 years when they can't tell you the bylaws and they can't tell you about board members traveling around for free? I mean, again, it's a leadership failure. It's a leadership. you got to... If you that's want, a bylaw. That's not a leadership. That's a bylaw. Oh, absolutely. That's let's a, not. Let's not put it on the leadership because that's that's been in bylaws now for quite some time. Correct, and I, and I think it's there to stay. I mean, they had a vote on it. Um, it was a very lopsided vote. Um, people don't want students who just come into the organization to have the same voting powers that a member who's been there for twenty eight years. That's just not fair. Uh, especially when they don't know anything about that, because what what that could do? Do they have any? Does it does it count even a little bit? Yeah, or the students um, and students are culinarians. Students get a third of a vote. Culinarians get a half a vote. Um, and again, it's actually a quarter. Is it? Yeah, it's a quarter vote for the student. Quarter third, and a half. That's yeah, right. It's a half for which we call it. But the problem is for me in this subject, and I'm going to throw it out there. You have the other two that are above the professional chef, which is your allied and your, um, I forgot the other, not, not the allied. I'll come to me in a second, but they pay the most. Mm-hmm. A retired chef. You're talking pays, about the allied and the um, um, uh, gastronom, the person who owns a restaurant. Yeah. I can't remember the name of what, what, what the title is. They pay almost more than anybody. Mm-hmm. The retired chef pays the least amount after 10 years. Mm-hmm. You have to be within the ACF paying your dues for 10 years. Nine years, point eleven months, you don't get it. You, you lose that mm-hmm. opportunity for the vote. They pay 50. My question is, if it's pay to play, then why is the retired chef getting a full vote? Why isn't the one that's paying the most get a, a half or, let's say, a full plus a credit, a half or a credit, a quarter, there we go, and then the professional gets the full vote? 
and I agree with you, uh, but I will tell you this: you know, the, the 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 guy that's been there for ten years, or the guy like me who's retired from the army. You, you and I are both the same age. We've been in almost the same amount of time, right? I think it's a great benefit that after I've been a member for thirty, forty years, that I get a reduction on my on my membership, and it's great that they still count my vote as a whole vote. The reason why these other um, categories associates. Associate. associates that's the one Sorry. so the reason why they don't get Sorry. a full vote and there, and this happened before which is why this bylaw was put in place companies and organizations were voting for certain things and certain people because they wanted that business for their company it would be no different if this this show had an opportunity to have uh, a whole acf wide national uh exposure which it will if the right things happen but the point i'm trying to make is that when you when guy. you get with pol- so politics should remove itself and you know all these issues that the ACF is having the ACF is similar as a, it's similar to a lobbyist it's a similar to how our country's running right yes. now there's there's so many things that are distractions and so many things are happening they don't need take the politics out of it I'm glad you said that because I want to get back to the CMC and the CMPC right as a, as a member looking in right and this the, the poop hit the fan about two weeks ago correct give or yeah, take I, I saw I saw messages like right. A month ago, right? So after it happened, there's always two sides to a story, correct? Sure. And you seem very passionate about this CMC uh, and CPMC about it, correct? Yeah, it's the only thing on the chef's table that has you know merit. No, it has so much people's like, attention, like, and right, momentum, yeah, merit, momentum. Yeah, momentum. <laughs> so you're passionate about it. You feel as if the leadership, which is everybody, so it's the VPs, the, the chairman of the board, and the president went behind the back of the membership to do this, correct? No, absolutely not. All right, that's what I want to get clarification. Yeah, so, so there was no, the, the, the vice presidents, uh, the chairman of the board and the treasurer uh, didn't have any knowledge of this. Okay, so this was, for our, the, what I'm gathering. Even the certification commission right. didn't have any knowledge of this. This was a, this was a small group of individuals who, um, I don't know if they were directed or they were told, um, where I came from in special operations, we had a lot of secret little teams like that, but we never had any secret teams that went out and did something that affected the whole organization. Now, you're, you even said it was all hearsay because you, you know, we're reading, you're trying to develop your own interaction with it, correct? Sure. All right. My thing is, what do you think is the most important role as an executive chef to a kitchen? Um, running the kitchen to the specificity, serving the highest profitable product that you can having a happy employee, not working them a thousand hours a week and uh, providing them a safe haven to do that. Okay. And, and, then, and at the end of the day, the customer is the one, you know, I'm a chef. So every time I put food on a plate, it's a competition. Right. When that plate comes back empty, I won. Right. Well, I look at it. Did I serve enough food or not? That's where I go that way. And that was yeah. from my, Bro, my instructions. Just, I'm around. Yeah. We, we had this discussion. <laughs> I, I know. I know. Um, so, you're correct, 100%. But for me, the executive chef, what I think is an outstanding role model for a mentor is someone that can hold their self not only accountable, but in the time of need, like the lighthouse in the storm. Mm-hmm. And I think what's going on right now in our CMC, CPMC, and how they want to break away and all this, I think what we need to do is take a step back and let those that are in charge now answer those questions to the membership. And get the facts out where the the CMCs need to sit down along with the organization as far as the committee, as long as well as the president of the ACF currently, 
But more importantly, there needs to be someone that has to be the mediator there to bring these people back. I agree. But and, the problem is this has been happened over a month ago, and yet the leadership of the ACF has yet to put out a letter. So when we have hurricanes and we have destruction, Governor DeSantis was there in less than 18 hours. We've got a train derailment with chemicals in Pennsylvania. It's been two weeks. No one's addressed it yet. That's the best analogy, and I'll tell you, it doesn't matter what you hear. It doesn't matter what you see. If the if AMCO has separated itself with the certification process of the ACF, then they feel strongly and have enough evidence that something went bad. The problem, again, I'm a member for 30 years. This mm-hmm. happened. I'm chairman of the board. I'm a judge. I'm an evaluator. Uh, I am very active in the ACF. Again, a member of 30 years, and I didn't know about it. Why wasn't this announced? Well, I didn't know about it either. But well, my, my thing of it is, is as a leader, we need to make sure that we're keeping level-headed and that we're finding out all the facts because we can't go based upon hearsay because hearsay is a detriment to the entire um, organization. It's a cancer, like in kitchens. Absolutely. So I think the best course of action for someone is to have that mediator, get them and get them. There's no talking. If there's no talking, that's a problem. Yeah, but you don't have to talk to people you don't like. And that's where we're at. I mean, there's been a, there's been a huge problem with the communication of all this. There used to be a master chef that sits on the certification commission. That master chef is no longer there. How long ago was that? Uh, his position ended in December and it was never filled before that. So again, if, if I have a job opening for a sommelier and I've got an extensive wine menu and for two months I haven't served any wine because I don't have a sommelier, that's my leadership fault for not filling that position. Again, every, everything starts at the top and works its way down and I'll be at the bottom level and I'm seeing and hearing this. It's not good. Again, a mu- over a month has gone by. A video was put on YouTube. The video was taken down. Posts were put on Facebook. Posts have been taken down. What are we hiding? This is not a secret society. You want membership to have a positive reflection on the ACF and invest their time? You've got to give them a reason to do that. It's 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 a it's a big cloud over it's a big cloud, you know, and and you're going to hear it. Uh, you'll hear it from other leaders. You'll hear it from other members. Uh, it's it's a it's a secret society that. Even the certification commission didn't know about it. How do you, you have, know that for a fact? Though? I do. I do. I reached out to four of the certification commission individuals and they're like, we didn't even know it was happening. I mean, it's, 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 um, yeah, I, I, because I, I can't have a Sunday brunch without my no, front, I, my front desk, my valet, my dishwasher and my, and my sous chef not knowing about it. Well, I get, I get all <laughs> that, but there's, there are other sides of the coin. You always hear there's always two sides to or three sides to a story. And what my thought process is, what you look on the chef's table, there's a lot of people fanning the fire and utilizing this as a political motive. And what I'm saying is that everyone has to take a step back and stop putting fuel in the fire because that's not helping anyone. What we need to do is get to the table and talk it all out and figure out I think what the word, hell went on and then move on from there. I think your words are we need to have a conversation. Communication um, is always is always going. And again, to be the where's most that where's thing. that letter from the leadership that, that talks about what happened 30 days ago? Have you reached out and asked? I'm I'm not in a position to do that. You know, this has no, if, if I am running, not bringing politics into this. Oh, no, but I'm saying if you're if you're running, you have an opportunity. Then if you're running for president, sir, to then Jeffrey, ask Jeffrey. I I am running for a position, and dealing with someone else's spilt milk is not on my agenda. Oh, I'm, I'm not I'm not talking about spilt milk. You could actually help foster this. What are you where, talking about uh, as a forward corrective right. action? Yeah. I so can, not necessarily. Okay. So what I'm hearing is 
Um, not necessarily the spilt milk and here I am with a paper towel. Not that. No. Okay. Like, Hey, let's hypotheticalize, right? Let's say April comes, you win. And you, now it's your spilt milk. What, no. When I start, it's going to be a clean slate. I'm right, only right. going to be held accountable for what I started you're, on day one. Jeff, you're at, you're, you're, you're looking for something in terms of, okay, what's the forward action going to be? That's what you're I'm saying. I'm a candidate yeah. elect. I have no business worrying oh, about yeah, what's no, no, going no. on. No, we're not, we're not talking yeah. about that. What okay. I'm talking about is fostering this. Instead of throwing the fuel to the fire, we're actually sitting down and being adult and having a conversation. For the CMCs to come out and out, just say, we're out. We're moving out. That's, that's closing down all negotiation. That's talking about nothing. And nothing is going to get done and it's actually going to hurt our organization. How old is our organization? Uh, so to answer your question. Hold on. How old is our, how old is our organization? One thing at a time. You, so again, every action, there's a reaction. Right. Uh, and I will tell you that for the master chefs to pull away from the certification it's process huge. of ACF is a huge thing. Right. Whatever their motive is or whatever the results are, again. Have you as, asked them? Oh, I've, I've been called. My phone's been ringing. I'm not, my phone's ringing off the hook right now. But so the answer to the question and the last thing I'll say today is that if and when I'm elected, my job as the national president is I'm going to surround myself with superior leaders who want to be a part of this organization to make a difference for the members by the members. The membership will have a voice and the membership will run this organization. It will not be directed and mandated by people who are not members. That being said, that's how this organization was started many, many years ago. And General McLaughlin, who was a soldier at Fort Lee, got the initiative to take our labor force, take, to take the cook's position and actually give it a certification application. So the Army and the ACF partner together. So with all that being said, there's a lot of things we can do. Again, I don't care what's happened in the past. I'm only looking in the future. Looking in the back, um, I got, I'll have people taking it. You know, my whole motto is I got your six and that means I have your back. And at the end of the day, that's exactly what I plan to do. Excellent. Um, so first of all, Rennie, thanks for coming out today. Hey, listen, anytime, man, you know, if you want to get some ACF Tampa Bay members, you want some people that are on our committees to come down and help out. We're here for you. hundred percent. I mean, I, you know, there's a lot of stuff that we all got to do together, um, for the sake of and Marvin. Yeah. Marvin. And let's say, by the way, speaking of that, attention chefs and purchasing personnel in hotels, <laughs> restaurants, and country clubs, Pizzecki's Produce and Specialty Foods is your one-stop destination for quality, service, and a growing selection of specialty food products. I'm going to say service twice because you get taken care of, period. Get with Brian and company. You will not be disappointed. Contact them on their website, farmfreshfl.com. John, Mr. Producer, you did a great job today. Gentlemen, I appreciate both of you. Thanks for being an ACF member yourself. Hell yeah, of course. Of course. Great job. We are out. Let me tell you about my friends over at Citrus America and their amazing juicing equipment. They're revolutionizing the way you enjoy freshly squeezed juice. They're at the best hotels, restaurants, and markets. Their mission is simple. 
develop a unique consumer experience with on-premise juicing, deliver healthy taste options to clientele, and juice more faster. It's that easy. Citrus America supplies the highest quality juicing equipment and solutions in the industry. So whether you're a small business owner or a large corporation, Citrus America has the right juicing equipment for you. Find out more at citrusamerica.com. 